Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to another episode of the podcast. First, some good news. The organization we're highlighting this week is Burr Oak Land Trust. This is another organization that's very close to my home. They are centered in eastern Iowa and focused on promoting biodiversity, protecting landscapes, connecting people to nature. They're focused on stewardship, getting people to be part of a community that advocates for nature, and protecting our precious land resources. You can find them at burroaklandtrust.org. I like highlighting organizations that are working to protect our environment and connect people to nature. That's something that is very important for our current existence and for future generations. I also, just on a personal level, I just feel so much better when I'm surrounded by nature. That's something that I find helps me clear my mind, hiking, kayaking, doing those sorts of things. It connects me to myself in a lot of ways. It helps me focus on what's really important. It allows me to spend some quiet time in thought. And it kind of kind of reminds me sometimes of how little I maybe actually need and how sometimes I overcomplicate my life with a lot of the things that, that we all bring into our lives with our jobs and our possessions and kind of the rat race, the monotony sometimes and the inertia of our daily lives and spending time in nature helps me reset and reconnect with the essential aspects of my life. So that's a personal reason that I really like to promote organizations that are are doing things to protect protect nature and connect others to nature. So if you get a chance, especially in our area, check out Burr Oak Land Trust. This is Family Time 96. And we're talking about dignity and respect. This is part of our social awareness, social-emotional learning competency. We're really looking at perspective-taking and empathy. I've talked about this many times before. I think empathy in many ways is the greatest human endeavor. It's maybe the highest of human potential because I don't think we can actually ever fully achieve it. It's something to be pursued and not necessarily something to be attained. And I think the most important things in life are that way. It's about the journey. It's about the pursuit. We're never fully able to recognize what other people have gone through from their perspective. We should try, but we're never actually able to feel exactly what someone else feels or think about things exactly the way someone else thinks about things because we don't have the same experiences, the same backgrounds. We don't have the same genetic makeups, all those sorts of things. But it is something worth pursuing. And that really 
in a lot of ways, starts with what we're talking about this week, the concepts of dignity and respect. In class, we're going to have a little conversation about what do those terms mean? And I don't mean just a dictionary definition, but what do they mean to us personally? For me, I kind of separate it this way a little bit, those two ideas. To me, the idea of dignity is that everyone inherently deserves a level of respect. And I kind of look at respect in two different ways. There's maybe two types of respects for me. One is sort of that just given respect where everyone deserves to be able to pursue happiness, to pursue their hopes and dreams, to have opportunities. So long as people aren't hurting other people, infringing upon other people's rights, it's that respect that just allowing other people their space and their beliefs. And I think that should be granted. That should be freely given. That's treating other people with dignity. Is Yes, you are worthy of that very base level of respect that you as a human being inherently have value. You have something to offer. That is offering others a sense of dignity. The other kind of aspect of respect for me is that type of respect that can only be earned. I had that conversation with my 10-year-old daughter recently. We were just discussing respect. And I'll tell my own children that I want them to be respectful to everyone. And what I mean by that is I want them to treat everyone with dignity. And I want them, even when they disagree with others, to present their disagreements in a way that acknowledges the dignity of the other person and is respectful. I don't, I just don't feel like there is a good reason to, to name call to cut down other people, to denigrate other ideas. I just don't have a lot of time for that. I think it's right and good to stand up for what we believe in, to present our own ideas. But I think, for me, the way to do that in a dignified way, in a respectful way, is by trying to show the good in our own ideas and not cut down the ideas of others or not cut down other people. I I think of it often as plants in a window in our house. We have a shelf full of plants that sit in front of a, a large window and the plants naturally bend toward the light. I think people do the same. People will bend toward positivity, will bend toward meaningful, purposeful ideas 
if we show them how powerful and good they are. That can be hard sometimes. It's a lot easier to attack people. We see it in media all the time. We see it in politics all the time. We see it all over social media. It's become this ever-present part of our existence where we see people attacking others. And that's something that, that worries me about the messages we are giving our younger generation. We all want to be treated with dignity. We all want that base level of respect, but a lot of the images, a lot of the messages we're seeing aren't, aren't reciprocating that, aren't passing that along to other people. That's not a good thing. But the other part of respect that I was talking about is the part of respect that is earned. And when I was talking with my daughter, I said, you know, there are, there are some things that can only be earned. There is a certain level of respect that has to be developed over time. That is part of a relationship. I told my daughter, I like that she questions everything. And she doesn't have to have that level of respect for me. I hope that I earn it. And there is a level of respect that just, we're not able to give it freely. It has to be earned. It has to be built. But we're all capable of giving that base level of dignity, of treating other people respectfully. We can decide that we don't agree with other people. We can we not like other people. That's a difficult thing sometimes. I see some of my students struggle with that. When we're young, we kind of, there's a part of us that wants to get along with everybody. And getting along with people isn't bad, but it's okay to not like everybody. It's okay for other people to not like us, but it's not okay for us to try to strip people of their human dignity. That's not okay. And that's where I see a lot of a lot of the messages we receive, a lot of people's actions kind of go in that route. We don't like something, we disagree. So I'm going to attack you as a human being. I'm going to try to tear you down. I don't think there's ever a good reason for that. I don't think there's ever a good reason to be rude. I don't think there's ever a good reason to attack people's beliefs and ideologies in a way that strips them of dignity. We're going to talk about that this week in class. We're going to talk about how we disagree with other people and still give them a sense of dignity. Still are respectful when we disagree. And it's, it's good to disagree. It's good to stand up for our convictions. The other thing we're going to talk about is the positive contributions of multiple so social and cultural groups. That's something 
especially where I live in rural Midwestern community, we don't always, we're not always exposed to a lot of different ideologies and cultures. It can be a little isolated. I think it is a good thing that, especially this generation, can be easily connected to thoughts and ideas and visuals from all over the world, all different backgrounds, all different belief systems. I think that's a good thing. We're going to talk about how different cultural groups, different social groups have made positive impacts. Personally, as a society, and that can be can be a difficult thing to discuss, especially in a public school setting where I work. And some of these discussions have come under fire lately. And it's sort of interesting because what I want to advocate in class is being able to discuss these things and look at things and disagree in a dignified and respectful way. And we can do it. I see it all the time in my classroom. People with very different beliefs about things who are able to have a conversation and who don't don't necessarily leave the conversation swaying a person to their side, but are able to acknowledge the validity of the other side and to move forward. And to not have it be something where we have to tear down the other side to build our side up. I see us able to do that. And I worry, as some people try to to attack the opportunities to do that. Because it's an important thing that we model for and teach our young people. I tell my students all the time, I don't need you to think like me. I don't need you to feel like me, but I do need you to think. I do need you to feel. For life, I need you to do those things. I know personally, my life is so much richer for the people in it who come from different backgrounds, who have different belief systems, who think and feel and approach things in ways maybe differently than I do. I know all of those interactions and relationships have helped me learn and grow and have helped me take steps down that road toward empathy. So we're going to talk about that a little bit in class this week too. Maybe personal interactions we've had where somebody with a different background did impact us. And sometimes we can have a positive, we can take away something positive from an interaction with someone that we still ultimately don't agree with. And that's okay. I just want my students, I want all of you to keep an open mind about things. And to me, that's part of dignity and respect is being willing to hear out the other side. 
being willing to acknowledge other perspectives. It's funny to me sometimes how people will get so deeply entrenched in a thought process. And I guess I'm of the opinion we should always be striving to learn more. We should always be re-examining even our own thoughts and feelings. And if we're constantly re-examining them, that doesn't mean we have to give them up. We should, if we're really truly digging deeper and trying to learn more about our perspective and learn about the perspectives of others, it should help us strengthen our views wherever they may land. And we can change them. But it should help us form a more thoughtful view on everything in life. And I know the more I learn, the less I'm sure I know. Because I'm, oh, I'm, I maybe didn't see that before. I didn't recognize that perspective before. That's not something I thought about before. And then I have to take another step. Well, does that align with what I previously thought? If it does, great. If it doesn't, do I have to tweak what I previously thought about something? That's a process of learning and growing and adapting. And that's what I want all of my students to do. So this week... Think a little bit about dignity. Think about respect. Think about how we can interact with other people. Think about how we can disagree with other people and still acknowledge their inherent human dignity. How we can still be respectful towards others. And ultimately, how, how we build respect for other people. That, that type of respect that has to be earned. How do we act in a way that is dignified where we might earn the respect of other people. And to think about how people with different perspectives, how different social and cultural groups have impacted us and impacted society in a positive way. Until next time, have a great week. Much love. This week's blog post is To Eat an Elephant. There's an old saying, it's not mine and I'm not sure where I picked it up, but it says, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. It's one of those simple little mantras of sort, but I'm a teacher and a coach and a father. <laughs> Teachers and coaches and fathers often like mantras and I am no different. I like that idea. I like that visual. It's simple. It's kind of silly and saccharine, but I like it because it really is how a lot of things in life work. It's how we accomplish most goals. Most, most great things in our lives are accomplished in this simple process of eating an elephant. You do it one bite at a time. We get caught up looking at the big picture a lot of times, looking at the end goal. So if you think about it, not that I'm certainly not actually encouraging eating an elephant, but if you were to eat an elephant, something the size of an elephant, we often look at the whole thing and say, well, I'm not able to do that. And in a way, that's true. 
we're definitely not going to be able to sit down and in one attempt, one setting, eat an entire elephant. All we can really do is take one bite. It's actually how we eat anything. You take one bite. Chew, swallow, you take another bite. That's how the process works. And if we keep our head down and we keep taking bites and we do it over and over and over again, eventually the elephant is gone. Of course, in this scenario, the elephant is just... It's a placeholder for anything we want to accomplish in our lives. Any goal, any dream. We often look at the final picture. We create this image in our heads of what what we want in the end. And then we say, well, I'm not able to do that. We might be right. In our current state of existence, we might not be able to do it. We're often comparing ourselves to finished products. That's something that I see my students struggle with sometimes with social media is they'll follow people who they maybe find inspiring in some ways. And that's good. I think it is good to find some inspiration through those outlets. But then they get into the trap. They fall into the trap of comparison. And they say, well, this person looks this way or this person does these things and this person's life looks so glamorous and I don't look that way and I don't feel that way and my life's not that way. But we forget on social media, we're seeing only the carefully catered images presented to us. We're not getting the full picture. And two, we get stuck comparing ourselves to finished products, to people who have already been through some sort of journey. And if they are finding some level of success that we would like to pursue, we have to recognize we're not in the same place. We're on different parts of that journey. And no two journeys are exactly the same, but if we're just starting, it's not fair to ourselves to to compare to a finished product. All we can really do is take the next step, and the next step, and the next step after that. That's not very... It's not very exciting. It's not very flashy. So a lot of times we're not sold that idea. There's always the new diet, the new fitness trend, the new cure-all, the new whatever that's supposed to get our lives back on track, that's supposed to help us take this giant leap toward our goals. It's often not really the case though we'd like to believe it we'd like to think that we can change our lives with one big sweeping action but more often than not getting through a challenge or accomplishing a goal is about the steady sometimes monotonous repeatable work we do over and over again the measurable work that we do. We can say, I took the bite of the elephant. Then I took another bite. 
We may go for a long time and not see any real progress, but we know I did the thing or I didn't. I took the next bite. I'm walking down the path. I took the next step. I'm not able to see my destination. It's so far away off on the horizon. I'm not even able to see it yet, but I can tell myself, yes, I took the next step. And then I took this step. And then I took this step. And what am I able to control? That thing that's six inches in front of my face. I can I can control taking the next step and trusting the process. And that's how we eat an elephant. We trust the process and we do the little thing over and over and over again. And if we can not get caught up in the end result, we'll get where we need to be. Even if it's not, even if it's not exactly where we thought we would be, the journey will be worth the effort and we will come out different. We will get through the problem. We will accomplish something significant. That's how we eat an elephant. This week's podcast is brought to you by the Video Cassette Recorder. I'm just uh, throwing out (laughs) a now fairly antiquated piece of technology pretending like it's a current sponsor that all of a sudden the VCR is going to make a comeback and start sponsoring podcasts like a lot of the other companies that we frequently hear on podcasts. I have an affinity for the VCR. I think a lot of people of my age do if you grew up in the 80s and 90s. The VCR was a big part of my childhood. I know I've talked about it on this podcast before, but my mom just put together this really fantastic video cassette VHS library. She would dub a ton of movies off of cable back in the day. And we, for a long time, had HBO and Cinemax, I believe, when they were like just those two movie channels, didn't have all their offshoots and things, but she would have the VCR set up with the VHS tape and she would record them onto the VHS. And on a VHS tape, you could get like three or four movies on one VHS tape. So it was really kind of like whatever was showing on HBO at the time. So then it was it was the complete movie, didn't have commercials. There were some other things she would record. Uh, you know, maybe it was a Christmas special. Like I remember the Muppets Christmas special. Muppet Family Christmas, that's what it's called. I've talked about that on the podcast before as well. Where that's a made-for-TV deal. There were commercials, but my mom would be great about editing out the commercials as well. She would pause it when the commercial was playing and start it back up. She was pretty adamant about what she was recording, but then it was there for me and my brothers to go back and revisit these things, watch these VHS tapes. And there were always some some of the the tapes were like great. They had like the Murderer's Row lineup on them where it was, four movies and they were all great and I would wear those tapes out I think 
some of the tapes that I remember, and I don't remember the combination of all of them on there, but I know there was a VHS tape that had Ghostbusters on it, and there must have been some other good movies on that one because I remember like wearing that tape out. The movie Willow, which is maybe the maybe the movie I've seen most in my life because I used to watch it so much as a kid. Then my kids got into it, so I used to watch it constantly with them. I know I wore that VHS tape out too. I think I pulled my first all-nighter as a kid watching that VHS tape because it had Willow and then it just went into some other movie and I stayed up just watching the whole VHS tape one night. So it was like six to eight hours of movies just watching on that tape. So I do have an affinity for that. I still have a VCR in my house, the old VCR DVD combo will occasionally revisit my mom's library of VHS tapes and pick something out. But it is kind of a fun little trip down memory lane. And my mom would even, she would record like some cartoons onto the VHS tapes. She would record music videos sometimes too just to kind of fill in gaps in the tape because maybe more often than not I think it was like three movies that would be on the tape and you have a little extra space so she maybe fill it out with some music videos stuff like that and even catch some commercials sometimes and it's like wow I remember that commercial I remember that music video and this movie and it's kind of a little time capsule. It's like, okay, that would have all been going on at the same time. When this movie would have been popular, this song would have been popular, those sorts of things. So it's just kind of fun. Nostalgia is kind of fun. I always think we reflect back on things like that and think the, the good old days. I don't know that there ever were any good old days. There were always problems. But I think in a lot of ways... The times weren't better, but maybe we were when we were younger. We were a little more free, a little more our truer selves. So I think we just kind of connect with stuff that brings us that emotional attachment, takes us back to the things when we were young. So a VCR, a good way to do that if you're a kid from my era. Now from me to you. Up top, we discussed the Burr Oak Land Trust, a local organization, local to me, protecting biodiversity in eastern Iowa and beyond by protecting landscapes and connecting other people with nature. For family time, we talked about dignity and respect. Things that are so important and things we maybe don't model enough and don't share enough and don't promote enough in our contemporary society, but something that is deeply needed, something that is inherent in humans, something that we all desire and that we can share, we can give to others. For my blog post, I talked about eating an elephant, not an actual elephant, but conquering a problem attaining a goal, and the way to do that through repeated, measurable work. Simple things that we can do over and over again that take us closer to the end goal. I talked about the VCR, the old video cassette recorder and VHS tapes. 
kind of always goes back to doing those little things that are so wonderful and important. Those things that we remember about being a kid and trying to create those memories and those experiences for our kids and for the people around us. And it can be something as simple as putting in a a great movie. Until next time, thank you for joining me. Remember, we've got some other stuff going on. We'll have the Ernest from Earth video and audio stuff where I'm going through my book and the curriculum guide we've put together with that. As always, feel free to reach out and connect through the website, LukeNielsen.com, through the socials at Luke Nielsen Media, and you can send me an email through LukeNielsenMedia at Gmail. It's always great to hear from people and to give them a shout out and share some things. Until then, love yourself, love each other, love the fight.